I'm Chris Motes, and this is Faith in Politics. On this broadcast, we range from the soul to the state as we cultivate those virtues and explore those principles that help us live well as faithful Catholics in this great land. Welcome back for another episode, folks. We are in the home stretch of summer. We're in August now. Can you believe it? it the summer has gone so fast. I was just over at the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls this morning, picking up a couple of pocket rosaries, talking to Linda over there. And, and her joke was, once we hit the 4th of July, the summer's over, which is not really, I mean, it just seems like it's gone so fast. So I, I kind of see her point. Uh, getting into kind of like back to school mode. I think kids are kids are trying to eke every last uh you know, hour out of the swimming pool in the final dog days of summer here. But uh, life goes on with, the, with this show. We are happy to talk about uh, adoption once more. We have on the, the show today, Kelly Wartman. Kelly is the director of Trinity Adoption based out of Rapid City. She is a uh, wife and mother, member of St. Teresa Little Flower in Rapid City, grew up on a ranch out in Elm Springs, South Dakota, a little unincorporated ranching community, attended high school in Wall. It's got a bachelor's in social work from Chadron State College and worked at the, previously the Black Hills Children's Home from 2014 to 2020, started with Catholic Social Services in September 2020, and has now got the reins on Trinity Adoption, which is a program that we want to hear a lot more about uh, if you remember a couple of weeks back, we visited with an adoptive and foster parent. Now we're going to take a look at things from the agency side and um, kind of take a, a dive into it from, from that side of things. So Kelly, welcome to the show. First of all, glad you're with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, um, one of the things that I've been doing with guests lately, I want to give you the opportunity to do it too, Kelly, is, is just tell us a little bit about yourself and also would love to hear why is Kelly Wartman Catholic? Yeah, well, why I'm Catholic? I'm, of course, a cradle Catholic. Um, so you talk about Elm Springs, South Dakota. I grew up in probably the smallest church you've ever seen. Um, just a tiny little ranch, ranch church called St. Margaret's. Um, I am Catholic because of the real presence of the Eucharist, mm. plain and simple. I don't know if I always had a grasp or, on the concept of that, but... When I was in college, I was really involved with the Newman Center, um, and I think that just really grounded me in my faith. I went to a Fellowship of Catholic University Students Conference in 2013 called the Seek Conference. Mm. I really, really grew in my love for the Eucharist and devotion to Mary, so that is why I am Catholic. Uh, praise God for that. What a great testimony of, of the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. Um, it, you know, I, I've asked a number of guests in, in recent weeks the same question. It's like, uh, ding, ding, ding. It's like the secret sauce. It's Jesus in the, in the real presence. There's like a, a magic golden thread there that's uh, just so beautiful. And um, and the great work that, that Focus does, too. Uh, just really great to see in the lives of our fellow citizens, fellow church members. Thanks for sharing that. You know, one of the things that um, kind of prompted our conversation that we're going to have uh, here is a bit of rebranding um, that is is recently occurred uh, with what we now know as Trinity Adoption, that, that you've got the, got the wheel on this great organization. So, Kelly, tell us a little bit about what is Trinity Adoption? What do you guys do? What are you about? So, Trinity Pregnancy and Adoption is um, – our family, our new name for our family services department. We've been doing adoptions since 1974. Um, always just known as 
our adoption department or family services department. Um, but we were presented with the opportunity to go statewide with our adoption department. Um, Sioux Falls uh, reached their hand out and said, uh, we're gonna close our adoption program and we want you to take on our new clients. And said, well, this is a great time to rebrand our program and let everyone know that we're in Rapid City, but we can serve families all across the state. And so we consulted with some other Catholic charities networks and learned what they were doing. And we found, met up with uh, the Las Vegas Catholic Charities and they said, yeah, we started doing a broader audience with our adoption program and we decided to rebrand our department um, so I think they called theirs Loving Hearts Adoption. And I'm like, wow, that's a really great idea. I wonder if we could do that ourselves. So we decided that we were going to rebrand our adoption department as Trinity Pregnancy and Adoption. So we were presented with this in, in January about taking over the whole state. And July 1st, we rolled out our program with all the rebranding and the new website. Um, so I have learned a lot about marketing <laughs> through yeah. this process. Well, and it, it's uh, well, and you guys are doing a, doing a great job getting the word out. Um, you know, that's how I heard of it. I live on the, the Eastern side of the state and um, I think, you know, I've got a variety of Google alerts set up for media and do different things. And um, so there's been a little bit of news media, which is great. Tell us Kelly, what's in, I, I if I recall correctly, there's something special about this name Trinity, right? So what's, what's the meaning in choosing the name Trinity? Yeah. So I was searching for names and consulting with our board about what good, what a good name would be. And I considered maybe doing like a saint's name. Um, but the patron saint of adoption is actually St. Thomas More, which is the name of our Catholic high school. So I yeah. didn't want to up on that. That might be confusing. So I thought about Trinity because I wanted to keep the Catholic elements in our name. So of course the Holy Trinity of Father yes. Holy Spirit. Yes. Also, um, the name Trinity is for the adoption triad. And if you don't know what the adoption triad is, that's the three parties in an adoption, the birth parents, adopted parents and adopted child. So our little tagline is serving the adoption triad across South Dakota in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that is where the name Trinity. Well, it's a it's a it's a beautiful kind of double meaning to the name. And for folks that are wanting to just kind of maybe browse the website a little bit while they're listening to the program, unless you're in the car, don't do that, please. TrinityAdoption.org is where you can go check out the website. Just a beautiful, beautiful website. You know, one of the things too that that I that we see in this kind of uh, highlighting this triad of relationships um, is you know when we talk in the pro life movement just about like what it, you know, what are some of the ways we can just live our pro-life values? We talk about maybe supporting them both. You know, there's this relationship between mother and child supporting mothers. Does, do you see this support for mothers too at really the heart of what this Trinity pregnancy and adoption uh, service is? It really is. And a lot of moms and dads with unplanned pregnancies are just scared. And one of the biggest things they're scared of is judgment. Mm. Then they end up going to a Catholic agency and we try our best to be non-judgmental, but there is a lot of fear about faith-based agencies being judgmental. 
So when they come to us and realize, wow, there's actually a lot of services, um, a faith-based agency can really help me. Um, that's when we get to really show our faith and our service for the poor and oppressed and just help moms um, no matter what they want to do, because we want to be there for them, not just to um, place their baby, but um, if they want to choose to parent, we want to make sure that they know about all these options that are available, whether they want to parent or place, make an adoption plan. What, can you help give us maybe just a snapshot, even if nationally, of, of what are some of the like relevant facts and data that might help us just get a sense of what this landscape looks like. Uh, yeah. thank you. So Catholic Charities, uh, we are an affiliate of the National Catholic Charities um, USA, and they put out a, a study in 2019. We don't have the 2020 results yet, but in 2019, 135 children, 135,000 children are adopted every year. Uh, there are 1.5 million adopted children in the U.S. One out of every 25 families has an adopted child. Uh, nearly 100 million Americans have, have adoption in their immediate family. And 6 in 10 Americans have personal experience with adoption. Mm. So in 2019, there were 2,465 adoptions across 32 Catholic Charities agencies, including 157 infant adoptions, uh, 39 special needs adoptions, uh, and 40 intercountry adoptions. Wow, there's, there's really a lot going on. You know, and you, I, I hope by just kind of sharing some of this data, we can help make it seem not so scary. You mentioned how it, it might be a little frightening for for a young mother, young parents to, um, to, to go to others, you know, maybe feeling like they're going to be judged, especially going to like a faith-based, but to, but to just like be really honest sharing some of this data, but also let's dispel some of the myths and rumors um, to, to help people feel really not afraid, to feel loved, to feel affirmed. I think one of the things too that, that may help dispel some of these, you know, feelings of apprehension is just really a really solid understanding of what the process is. And this may be, you know, for, for young parents or even for those looking to adopt. Kelly, what can you tell us about, about the process in South Dakota of adoption? Yeah, so um, we want to make sure that children being placed are with a safe and loving home. So the way we find a safe and loving home is called a home study. And a lot of people say that the home study is a big, grueling, expensive process, but it's really just in the best interest of all parties involved of the triad. Um, so during a home study, um, we have, of course, our state standards and we have some national standards as well. So we're going to look, um, we're going to make a case service plan for the family and identify any needs that they need um, and hook them up with connections. Um, we're going to ask for references. We like to have a couple family references, um, personal references from friends or colleagues. And then a religious reference, that's not a state standard, that is a, one of our own standards because we are a faith-based um, agency. You don't have to be Catholic to adopt through us, but we ask for a pastoral reference mm -hmm. or sort of spiritual leader. Um, 
we want to make sure that they have good financial standing. You don't have to be rich to adopt, but we want to make sure that you are able to support your child. Um, we have to go through all the birth, birth certificates in the family, check the sex offender registry, uh, screen for abuse, neglect in South Dakota and other states they lived in, do fingerprinting. Um, and then we do a lot of interviews just to get to know the family and that's where stuff often comes up. And if, if there's something, I don't want to say negative on it, but um, it's usually just a need, then we can address that before we approve the home study. And that, that often ends up just helping the family even with their own home before a child comes into the family. So is a home study something that um, a potential, so somebody who wants to adopt, they come to you, they, they kind of get in the system. Do you do a home study before they are ever matched with a child or does it come after the match? Where does that, how does that work? No, it, it comes before the match if they're looking for placement. Yep. Um, there are some cases where they already have a child. That's usually a kinship or a relative placement. Yep. So maybe they're adopting their grandchild or their niece or nephew. Um, their attorney might refer them to us to complete their home study to finalize the adoption. But no, we're never going to um, do a match for a placement before the home study is complete. It's not ethical. It's not legal. Gotcha. So how long does it, how long does it take to, to do that home study? A uh, home study usually takes three to six months. It just depends on okay. if it comes up. There are sometimes it has to be put on hold for various reasons, but gotcha. months is about an average. So, so what comes comes next? The home study is complete, and um, and and what happens then? So after home study is complete, um, it goes into the file. The state uh, checks our files every year to make sure everything's done correctly. Yep. And family goes on our waiting families list. So if you go to our website, you can view all of our waiting families and they have what's called a profile book, which you can read, which often has like a birth mother letter and pictures of their family, pictures of their home. Yeah. So people can get to know them if, and decide if something that sticks out that makes a mom want to, or a dad want to place with that family. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so good. Um, and so after that, after a match is made, let's say, what, what happens then? How do, how do things get finalized? Um, so we typically don't do matches until a lot later in the pregnancy because we want the parents to have the opportunity to parent their child if they can get all the resources available to them. We don't want to pressure them to make a match. Mm. If you do matches too early in the pregnancy, that's when uh, minds get changed and things pop up. So we definitely try and do things later in a pregnancy or often um, moms might be in the hospital and want to make an adoption plan. And we can do that, too. That's actually the case in a, in a few cases um, where the child has already been born. Um, so then uh, once the match is made, if the mom wants to choose the family, sometimes they want a closed adoption. They want us to choose the family. Um, that it's case by case about how involved the family can be in the hospital. It depends on what the birth mother wants. And then we'll make a placement. Um, 
So the child will go home with the adoptive family um, and we'll do um, post-placement visits. So we do three of those typically at one month, three months, and six months before it's legally finalized um, by an attorney. And so we're keeping track throughout that six month period. Uh, sometimes it can be longer just depending on the case um, before it's finalized in court. So and one of the things that I've learned about these court proceedings uh, that are dealing with adoption petitions is that the standard that the court, the judge is always looking at, the question the judge is always asking is, is this in the best interest of the child? Can you tell us a little bit why that legal standard might be important, Kelly? Yeah, what is the best interest of the child? That's really for a social worker to determine, but I like to take that broader and what's in the best interest of all members of the triad. Mm. So the best interest in any case is going to be if the original family, the birth parents are in a good place to parent their child because adoption essentially always starts off with loss. Yeah. That's kind of a harsh reality for a lot of people, but it's something we need to embrace because that's, that's just the reality of it. And if we ignore that loss, then we're ignoring the emotional needs of the child. Yeah. Um, but there's not always the case that um, the birth parents can parent the child. And for whatever reason, maybe they have plans to go to college. Maybe they are, have a few other kids and they just can't financially support children. Um, then that's what we would look at as the best interest of the child um, to go to an adoptive placement. What are, what are some of the biggest challenges that you find yourself facing in your work? I think a huge challenge is just being in South Dakota and being in a rural environment. Um, a lot of places are just in these bigger cities and they work within their bigger cities, but when you're in South Dakota, um, you have to travel a lot and it's often hard to, um, from that case management point of view, to set up services for a lot of people because they're lacking resources for transportation. So just rural mm. social work in general is a very difficult challenge. Yeah, it's certainly a, a, a different environment. Um, you know, just the challenges of a great, great distance. What you know, some of these, the, the challenges of distance aside, what are your, you know, maybe the, the greatest success stories that stick to your mind or some of the biggest blessings that you've experienced in your work? Oh man. Well, I have to speak pretty generally just for confidentiality, but sure, there's a lot of cases where I was working with an older child and um, I had to explain to them a very adult issue, which was that their parental rights of their parents was terminated in court. Mm. So imagine explaining that to a young child that um, you're probably going to only see your parent one more time for a final visit um, unless you want to when you're 18. And that's such an adult issue that you have to explain to children. Oh. But walking through that and then just dealing with that grief on the other side of that is a really beautiful thing and then um running into a family member who says oh i this 
this kid is doing great. They were adopted by this couple and they're just doing so well. I love those stories about just hearing how well kids are doing in their adopted placements. You know, one of the, as we kind of think about adoption too, in just through the lens of valuing, valuing life, valuing the dignity of every human being, it's, um, it's been said by a number of pro-life folks that if Roe versus Wade comes down and the issue of abortion comes back to the states, the, the state legislatures and so forth, South Dakota having relatively pro-life um, convictions amongst your populace that, that we may see, you know, right, right now with COVID kind of as an outlier, COVID being the anomaly, um, in recent years, we've seen kind of the upper 300s or low 400s for number of abortions. You know, potentially there are many more children in our state that are looking for a home and mothers in crisis pregnancies that are just looking for support, looking for love, looking for help. You know, what do you, what do you think about when you think about the future um, in adoption and for Trinity particularly, Kelly? I think it's really important just to network with a lot of people, um, just to be supportive if you see someone who um, is facing an unplanned pregnancy, just to make them aware of the resources. A lot of reasons that moms don't choose adoption is because no one ever suggested it to them. Mm-hmm. So they're faced with all this guilt and judgment, um, and not knowing what to do, and no one ever brought up this topic of adoption. So it's really important to work with pregnancy centers, um, adoption agencies, just be a network of the pro-life community um, by connecting people with these resources available to them. Like I said, um, I'll work with women, whether they want a parent or, or make an adoption plan. I want them to be successful and I want them to feel loved. Well, and that's, I guess, one of the things we're trying to do right now is just get the word out a little bit. So if you're tuning in right now and you know somebody that, you know, in your life or, or somebody that has a lot of relationships, don't, don't hesitate to, to send this podcast, uh, this, this show off to them. Really want to get the word out just so that, that anybody, any young woman who might find themselves in that situation, that they know where to turn, that they've got, that they've got help, that they, they can know that they're not in it alone. Um, so it's kind of speaking of not being alone, um, we're kind of all in this together with, uh, you know, all of us uh, great citizens in this, this wonderful state, South Dakota. Are there any particular, you know, public policy needs or challenges that you want to speak into? You know, anything that, that's happening in the policy world that, that might be, I don't know, changed, tweaked a little bit that, that, would, that would really help uh, young mothers, young parents in these situations? Well, of course, in South Dakota, we have a law that protects adoption agencies to um, work within their religious, deeply held religious beliefs. Um, So kind of being picky about what families we're adopting to. But I think Mother Teresa once said, if you want to go change the world, go home and love your family. Mm. I think we need to speak across to all families, not just birth parents or adoptive families. Um, but setting up resources and help to help businesses take care of families. So I don't, I think a lot of cases, 
um, healthy families have a parent staying home. And so having two parents working, that's great for some families, but it's just not an option for a lot of them to stay home if they want to. So incentive, offering incentives to businesses to um, support families that have one working parent and one stay-at-home parent, I think would be huge. And also um, improving family leave benefits, having um, mothers able to stay home maybe longer for maternity leave and take care of their family and their mental health. Um, One in seven mothers experience postpartum depression, and I think that's something we don't talk about a lot. And so I think allowing parents opportunity for family leave is really big and also offering dads the opportunity for family leave is something we don't see a lot. Wow. Really important. I feel like uh, we could do another, we could do another show just on this stuff, Kelly. I'm so glad that you brought these up. I want to maybe just offer a couple quick comments here. So you mentioned this law that protects religious, um, adoption agencies in South Dakota. Huge, huge thank you to our legislature back in 2017 for passing this law that protects faith-based adoption agencies. You know, as as Catholics, and I should say that it's not specifically a religious belief to believe that kids are entitled to a mom and a dad. There are a lot of atheists that believe this too, but that's something particularly for Catholic uh, adoption agencies that the South Dakota legislature has given us that, that civil freedom you know it's certainly a natural right exists under the natural law but thank you to governor dugard for signing that into law four years ago and uh then representative chris Conzet was uh in the house of representatives at the time voted yes on that bill thank you representative Conzet, and i i hope i'm i'm okay saying that she's now working at catholic social services doing great great work in development and communications over there um, and listeners, uh, stick around for next week. We're going to be talking with lawyer David Trimble of the Religious Freedom Institute. We're going to be really breaking down in great detail the Fulton v. Philadelphia Supreme Court case that was on religious freedom for Catholic adoption out of Philadelphia. I don't know. Kelly, any any closing comments? Well, also, on the business side, um, the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption has a toolkit for businesses that want to become an an adoption friendly workplace. So if you look up the Dave Thomas foundation for adoption, you can find that information. And I just want to encourage everyone to not only follow us on, on social media, we have a Trinity adoption, Facebook and Instagram, but look at our website and share our waiting families so that, um, expectant parents can see those because the more you follow us and engage with us on social media, the more that word gets out, more likely that someone might see that profile. Well, Kelly, and once more, that that website is trinityadoption.org. Kelly Wartman, Director of Trinity Pregnancy and Adoption, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. God bless you, dear listeners. Thanks, as always, for listening in. It's great to be with you. If you've got comments, questions, critiques, what do you want to hear about, reach out. Go to the website, sdcatholicconference.org. You can click Contact Us. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget, maybe give us a little rating on that uh, podcast platform, too. Um, and share with friends. Until next time, live well.